Thank you, Darren, for the wonderful music. It melted my soul. Thank you. We all know about Job and heard about him. Uh, if there's uh, any person uh, who hasn't uh, heard about Job, uh, it's a part of the book. Uh, please read it. It's a uh, beautiful poems all around. We remember Job as a man of suffering. And we need to know a little bit, little bit of his background to understand about his suffering. Job was a righteous man. Even God recognized that he was a righteous man. This was what God said. The Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. So even God recognized his righteousness, but all his, this was the beginning of all his problems. Satan asked this question, crucial question to God. Then Satan answered the Lord, does Job, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not put a fence around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out, stretch out your hand now and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. There is an important question this raised. Is there a person who loves God for who God is? Is there a person who loves God when he or she lost everything? Or we all honor God because there are some benefits. Is our faith simply our response to the blessings given to us? That is the question. Job had to ask and answer. Job lost everything. He lost his children, his possessions, and at the end, he even lost his health. Seeing all that, his wife cursed him and left him. He had nothing left. Can Job still believe in God? That is what the book of Job is all about. The book of Job is a book about a man who lost everything. And that book talks about what he went through when he lost everything. His friends came over and they tried to their they tried their best to conclude 
that this suffering came upon him because there was something wrong he did. They tried to understand, they tried to lead the conversation into the conclusion that, Job, you are a sinner, and because of your sin, all these things happen to you. It is the easiest way to say that our, un, our suffering is punishment for our sins. That's the easiest way. So we automatically assume when some people suffer or we ourselves suffer, we ask this question, what did I do wrong? Or what did they do wrong that they suffer so much? Jesus' disciples did the same thing. As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? But the book of Job says otherwise. The book of Job says that righteous people can suffer too. Just because you go through your own suffering, my friends, right now, don't automatically assume that there must be something wrong with you or you did something bad. Do bad things happen to good people? Yes. Bad things happen to good people. Our Lord Jesus showed that very clearly. He was a righteous man. But people crucified him on the cross. Seeing the suffering death of Jesus, a Roman soldier who was in charge of the crucifixion of Jesus, the centurion made this Confession, very strange confession. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. Through the suffering, he saw righteousness, not wickedness. Seeing the suffering of Jesus, he saw righteousness of Jesus rather than the sinfulness of Jesus or wickedness of Jesus. We don't know why bad things happen to good people. We simply don't know. That is enshrouded in mystery. That suffering is a mystery. Even God doesn't answer that. After the suffering, there's a whole bunch of conversations between Job and his three friends and at the end with Elihu. And finally, God appeared to Job for the first time. And that was, we read 
what we read today. And we kind of reading all chapter 30, uh, 30, 30, 37 chapters, we expect that God will give us clear answer why Job suffered. We kind of, with that expectation, we entered into chapter 38, but God does not answer. God does not give Job a clear answer for his suffering. But instead, he let him see the beautiful creation he made. He brought Job to the time and place of his creation and asked Job, did you do any of these? Were you even there? Do you even know how I created all these? He just asked questions. God created the beautiful world. We heard Darren beautifully express that today. Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works thy hand hath made. I see the stars, I hear the mighty thunder, thy power throughout the universe display. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. God made this beautiful world. But we don't know how he did it. God is saying this today. That he will make a beautiful life out of suffering. As I created the heaven and earth and this beautiful world, I will create beautiful life out of your suffering. That's what God is telling Job indirectly. And we don't know why we suffer is not as important as what God will make out of our suffering. As God created the beautiful world out of chaos and darkness, God will create a beautiful life out of our suffering, even though we may go through chaos and darkness, because suffering brings chaos and darkness. And out of the chaos and darkness, God will create beautiful life for all of us. When we suffer, we ask this question. Why me? There is no answer there. No matter how many times you ask, there is no answer there. Instead of asking why me, let us see what God will make out of our suffering. God is good. God granted to us all the good things. Look outside. How beautiful those trees, green leaves, and the sunshine. 
And look around you. Beautiful people. I see beautiful people, don't you? Beautiful people around you. Beautiful family. Friends. Good job. Good health. We should be thankful. We should be thankful. But if these good gifts become what we expect and what we demand, then they become no more good gifts. If you say, if, if I don't have any of these, then I'll be miserable. Then these beautiful gifts do not become gifts anymore. When, when these things are not given, we'll be disappointed and discouraged. We'll be even delusioned. We even wonder, do I believe? Do I believe in God? We even question ourselves when these things happen. Our good God will make a beautiful life out of us no matter what circumstances we may be in. We should be joyful and thankful in all circumstances. Nothing will be able to take that joy out of you. No suffering can take the joy out of you. The early Christians sang praises and gave thanks to God even in prison. No suffering could take that joy away from them. Suffering has no power over us, we declare. Suffering cannot even harm us. Suffering will only help us. When we suffer, God is right there. God works behind our suffering and doing his creative work. The work of creation. God uses our suffering to build us up. Let us look at our suffering with new eyes. Instead of fearing our suffering, we should be able to see God who works behind our suffering. We should be able to see God's creative work. Then we'll have a new meaning for our suffering. We honor God, not only when times are good, we honor God even when times are bad, times are difficult. That's the lesson of the book of Job. Is there any person who loves God when everything is taken away? From you. This is what St. Paul said about our suffering. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings. He says, I boast in my suffering. 
Suffering did not have poisonous power over Saint Paul anymore. Could not harm him. He said, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Suffering does not give us fear anymore because it cannot harm us anymore. It is not the reason for us to run away from our life. When we see that suffering becomes even beneficial, we can live a powerful and victorious life. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. He didn't say, you may have trouble or you can have trouble. Sometimes you will have trouble. He said, you will have trouble. Unavoidable reality of suffering. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Take heart, I have overcome the world. Do not fear, but take heart, he said. Because Jesus has overcome the world. And we are Jesus' disciples. And we will also overcome the world. The one who wins at the end is not the one who is successful, but the one who has Overcome the suffering. That's what I believe. The one who wins at the end is not the one who is successful, but the one who has overcome the suffering. May God bless you. You may suffer right now. You may be going through your own suffering, physical suffering, psychological suffering, or some kind of financial suffering, or relational problems. You may go through suffering, but through this suffering, don't be defeated. Overcome it. God will create beautiful life out of you.